The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Seabus Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to a Monday playoff preview edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And the Yankees and Rays start their best of five ALDS series tonight. It's happening. The team we went 2-8 against in the regular season that we want a piece of now that October has rolled around. Thomas, the battle in San Diego is officially on. Yeah, baby. Five straight days, potentially, if it gets that far. These two teams are staying in the same hotel. You, oh, I, there's got to be some sort of food fight at, the, at the, the Continental Breakfast at some point. I mean, the tensions are as high as they've ever been. First time these two are meeting in the playoffs ever. Hard to believe because, you know, they've, they've, been, they've been pretty much uh, – they've been the powerhouses in the AL the last, uh, last few years, but first time ever. And uh, this is probably the, the highest uh, tensions we've seen between them. So um, I'm thrilled. Five straight days of baseball. You know, we were complaining about how there were no days off. But you know what? Let's just do it. Five, five, five in a row. Let's get it over with. Let's, let's plow through it. Let's, let's, let's hopefully get to the ALCS, man. I'm ready. I'm pumped. I'm optimistic. I'm ready. The only AL East teams we've ever played in the playoffs before this, the Red Sox, obviously a million times, it feels like, and the Orioles in 2012. And that's it. Yep. No Rays, no Jays, uh, very weird stuff. Uh, but it's, a, it's about damn time. And those Rays-Red Sox series in like 08, uh, those were really, those were great playoff series. Uh, let's, let's, let's try to add a chapter to that personal history. Um, if you're jonesing for Yankees content this week, uh, and you want to get jacked up for five games in five days, you never sleep, you're, you're searching iTunes at 2.30 a.m. for new podcasts, make sure to like and subscribe to us. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast, you can definitely find us. Make sure to drop us an absolute fever dream five-star review with your eyelids glistening with dew, 
because he can't go to bed because the Yankees just made their 13th pitching change. And Eric Kratz is going to pitch the 16th inning of a 2-2 game one. Uh, we're not sleeping this week. Feels like most of y'all are not sleeping this week. The schedule's out. The first two games are 8 p.m. The next three, if necessary, are all 7 o'clock. You knew that was going to happen. These games are in California. They are not a Tropicana field. You knew there was no chance Major League Baseball was going to let the Yankees not be the primetime game, uh, especially since the Astros and A's are the other ALDS series, and they forced the A's to play all day games in their first round against the White Sox. So you knew they were not going to suddenly be like, we're sorry, you guys aren't a day game team. You know, we're, we're, we were wrong on that. You guys get the prime time. So the Yankees and Rays grudge match is officially going to take the spotlight. We are weirdly in sunny San Diego. Like you said, they are staying at the same exact hotel. Uh, Brett Garner said he's been doing head nods in the hallway when he passes the dudes, but that's it. Kevin Kiermaier was the first to go on record and say uh, that he hates the Yankees. He does not like us, and we do not like them either. I think that's accurate. What are we, what are we looking at here in terms of uh, the direct matchups? That's what we're not totally sure about. So game one is, uh, is Garrett Cole and Blake Snell. Uh, could have predicted that last week. I think as soon as the Yankees advance, the MLB app bad app filled Cole's name into the probable pitchers in game one. Game two starter, as of Monday morning, has not been announced, uh, which makes you think uh, a number of the, – the Rays have announced the whole slate. It, it's Snell, Glass, now Morton. This is not surprising. Uh, game two for the Yankees, though, currently not, not being handled as of Monday morning, uh, which makes you think uh, that they're going to potentially go in another direction. Um, the team claims they're going to let the media speak to the starter before game one. Uh, so that's – we got a couple hours, ticking clock. Um, but even if it is somebody else, is the door open for something strange to happen here later in the series? Even if it's Tanaka or Davey Garcia or Jay Happ, business as usual. Is, is James Paxton, who's been working out harder, is he do – we, do we smell an eligibility? Are they going to maybe – there was talk about them activating a lefty and it was going to be Tyler Lyons instead of Nick Nelson, perhaps. Maybe it's Paxton and maybe he starts one of these games and maybe he's doing that lefty reliever thing we heard about for so long. What say you? Are we in for a surprise here? I think it's possible. He was supposed to be back in mid-September to get a couple of starts down the stretch and prepare for the playoffs. Obviously, he had that setback, so that changes the whole narrative there. Um, but now, what are we at? It's October 5th, and that's... At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Wait, every time you wake up is the same day? That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. I call Progressive. Their 24-7 protection still works, even if my day does last forever. Yeah, but don't you want it to end? Are you kidding? I win the lottery whenever I want and never regret anything. It's the best. Yeah, that's a good point. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers, and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's almost three extra weeks of rest that he's had. Um, and if he's been throwing – we haven't heard any substantial updates on him, right? They've kind of been keeping that keeping that uh, under wraps. Yeah, um, people keep photographing him working out at the ballpark. And somebody yeah. said he was, quote, throwing harder than usual on Sunday. Okay. Whatever that means, it's obviously editorializing from the beat writers, yeah. but he's he's there and he's doing stuff. Yeah, uh, I would I would be down for that surprise. I don't want him starting a game. I think that that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, he's had a very tough year starting after all the uh, injuries he's been dealing with. He's had velocity issues. Did have two great starts against the Rays until the until the wheels came off in uh, the first game. It was in the seventh inning, I think, and or the sixth inning, and then the second game it was the fifth inning but he was mowing them down, striking out a ton of batters. 
I love him. I love the idea of him in relief. Uh, we need another lefty in the bullpen, another effective lefty in the bullpen. After all that he's dealt with, I think he would be better perhaps in short spurts, you know, one to two innings of work, given that we've kind of seen a lot of our, you know, bigger name relievers can't do the split inning duty or can't do multiple innings without getting knocked around or walking a ton of batters, which is what we, what we saw against the Indians. Um, don't want that again, not going to be able to get away with that against the Rays. you know that they're going to punish us because that's been the story of every time we give them free base runners. But I'd love to see Paxton at some point, especially because how many times do you have to say it? It's his contract year. I would love to see the guy get some time, quality, you know, uh, reassuring innings for other teams on the market, potentially looking to add him in free agency. And I would love for him to help out the Yankees in a nice spot. He had high expectations coming on to him after that trade, perhaps unfair expectations because he, he was a great Mariner, but he was constantly injured. Um, and he's also playing on the Mariners. So you, I think there's a big difference between being, being good on the Mariners and being good on the Yankees. So when Brian Cashman acquires a guy who has great stats in Seattle and you're expecting him to replicate that or go beyond that in pinstripes when you have World Series expectations, that's a lot to place on a guy. And it's not fair. I was hoping more from Paxton as well. He dealt with injury issues his first year. He had that uh, nagging knee problem for almost all of the year, which undoubtedly affected his performance. This year he had the back issue. He would have missed the first three, four months of the season if it had started on time. Then he comes back. He's having velocity issues. Then he comes down with his forearm issue. Nonetheless, I hope he could get some quality innings. I'd love to see him activated in the bullpen. Tyler Lyons, you know, pretty legendary Yankee. Got some playoff time last year. But uh, I'd much rather see James Paxton, especially if he's, uh, if he's hitting 97, 98 and back to where he once was. The last thing you want to see is them trying to bring Tyler Lyons in and then realizing they forgot to put him on the lineup card again. <laughs> oh, what a gaffe. In the playoffs, you hate to see it. But, <laughs> I mean, Paxton would be an invaluable addition, not just to the potential rotation. You know, leave, leave that aside, right? We, we've got guys who, who can start these games. And, and you are probably going to only need four starters because I don't think there's a world in which they get to a decisive game five. And Boone is like, huh, Garrett Cole on three days rest or Jordan Montgomery. Ah, oh, man, being a manager is so tough. Um, so I think at, they're going to need depth more than they're going to need additional starters. Cole, Tanaka, Davey, and J-Hap is more than enough to cover the first four games. Um, but adding a guy, adding an old inning soaker like James Paxton in the bullpen would be massive. That, that's just, I mean, that's the difference between having enough arms to cover the series and maybe not having that. Uh, the lim limits of the bullpen are going to be tested in this series. You know, we've talked about that ad nauseum. And, like, the last guy in the pen is going to pitch. So if it's Nick Nelson versus James Baxton, that's like that's a world of difference. That that starts to edge you closer to where the Rays are. Um, and Paxton's an in, he's an injury concern all the time, and it's unfortunate. But he's had a month and a half to you know a month and a half off of live action um, to rehab an injury. So you know if it recurs, it recurs. But you know, he's never been looser. He's never been freer. There's never been a clearer time to push the limits of James Paxton considering the total regular season tread on his tires is like 15 innings or something. So he's, he's you know, if he's ready, we're ready. I guess we'll see. Um, 
but you you are you're feeling good about this series uh, for many reasons. One of which we have laughed about a, a lot over the past you know couple of days. But it does it does bear a little mention. Uh, you love the way the Yankees hit in San Diego at Petco Park. Now this is against the Rays. This is not against the 2016 San Diego Padres. <laughs> Necessary caveat: these games will not be coming against the Padres from half a decade ago. But a lot of these guys, including Giancarlo Stanton, rip in the warm weather at San Diego's Petco Park. And I guess it's worth, it's worth discussing. I think it is. You're right. We're not, we're not facing the Padres, who were the bottom feeders of the NL West for, you know, from whatever, what it was, 2013 to 2016. But some people like the warm, wet, nice weather in California, and Petco Park's a fun place to be. Um, Stanton's had plenty of experience there as a, uh, as a Miami Marlin. Um, and you can't overlook stats in like, like this, these are, and, and don't forget the 2017 world baseball classic when USA was, uh, going against Dominican Republic, he almost blew the lid off that place with that, that two run Homer off the, uh, off the friggin' what is it? The steel company in, in the, uh, in the yeah. left field corner over there. Western metal the supply sh- company. Yeah. Yeah. He just like broke. Yeah. He like broke, he broke a window pane or like a brick in it because, because it was, it was a rocket. He knocked a brick. Um, he did yeah. with a brick. Yeah. Um, but anyway, 19 career games as a Marlin batting 323 with a 1.190 OPS, 11 runs scored, eight home runs, 15 RBIs and 12 walks. I mean, I think that's pretty substantial. Um, and if we want to go to another, uh, fun man who used to, uh, play in the NL as a member of the, uh, Colorado Rockies, DJ LeMahieu, uh, not as successful, but. Still okay, batting 286, three bombs, 20 RBIs, 22 runs scored in, in 57 games. I mean, I'll take that, at, especially because he's gotten exponentially better over the last, over the last two, three years. So those, are, those won't uh, you know, knock you off your seat like Stanton stats do. But another guy, DJ, who's had ample experience playing at Petco Park, I think that's something that you can't completely write off. I don't think it's uh, – it's the antidote for victory here for taking down the Rays, but stats to consider, especially because if these guys feel comfortable there, if it's a familiar place for them, how many times have the Rays been to Petco Park since the franchise's inception? I would, I would guess, I would guess eight times. Then yeah. I think that's a gen, I think that's a generous estimate given how sparingly interleague play had been up until what three, four years ago when they kind of increased it. I feel um, like these specific Rays have been there like one time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, another thing. And, hey, guess what? Game one starter, Garrett Cole, four starts at Petco Park, 1.46 ERA, 26 strikeouts and 24 and two-thirds innings. I'll take that. That would be great. Um, but, once again, he's pitching against the Padres. But then, again, those were against his uh, – those, those were during his uh, not-as-impressive days as a Pittsburgh Pirate. So, hey, not, not too bad. Uh, silly, silly splits to look at, but guess what? We got to look at everything to get us a little bit more optimistic. If it's, uh, if it's teetering on the line of delusional, we'll take it. We can't go full delusional, but you know, this is teetering on the line of it. I'll take it. We have to be optimistic though. For some, I mean, if you look at what you saw in the regular season and you try to assess Yankees raise, uh, Yankees got their ass kicked. We, we, we talked about this a lot. Uh, not only did they get beaten, they got punked. Uh, Michael, they won the, they won one, they won two games in the 10 game slate. And the second game they won was a role to Chapman fire breathing in Michael Brasso's face. 
then Kevin Cash threatening the Yankees after the game, and then everybody spending 24 hours going, oh my gosh, it is so on, danger is in the air, and the Yankees finally have the Rays scrambling right where they want them, and then the next day the Rays hit two home runs in the first and go up 4 nothing without an out being recorded. And it's like, oh, oh we, got, uh, we got owned. Uh-oh, <laughs> I, I'm owned. Just raising your hand, being like, stop, it, stop hitting me. <laughs> I'm owned. It's okay. Um, and so, the, yeah, the Yankees went 2-8 two and, t- two and eight against the Rays this year uh, in 10 games. But, you know, we were, you know, we were bottom of the barrel, and we were, you know, rock bottom-ish during those games. It, it is not cheap to say that the lineup is different now than it was then. No Stanton, no Judge, no Glaber Torres in that second series at Yankee Stadium. Uh, these are the facts. Those players did not play. Uh, Paxton and Torres uh, and Urshela all got hurt in that initial series. Um, the, you know, the, the first of two home series for the Yankees. Um, it was all ugly, but it all featured a lot of moving parts. Um, I re- Only pay for what you need when you download the Transit app and ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at Coda.com forward slash Transit app. I had an article this week that said that it felt like the, you know, Urshela, Torres, Stanton, Judge, you know, all the big guys in the lineup at the same time, it only happened like five times over the last three years. And the guy was like, correction, it's been three times. So like this, this lineup that, you know, we, we, not only are we not used to seeing this lineup, we almost have never seen the lineup that just took Shane Bieber and Carlos Carrasco and James Karinczak to task in the wildcard series. Um, and they, I think it is fair to have cried about what the team provided in a 60 game season a lot of roller coaster rides, a lot of games that it felt like they mailed it in as soon as they faced a deficit. And you can say, you know, of course the lineup is going to be fuller and there are going to be better players and bigger names in the lineup when October comes around, but you can't really teach fight. So if you're going to take the entire regular season off and just to get healthy or just to get ready or treat it like spring training, we don't know, you know, we know, uh, we know what names you're going to have when the lights are brightest in October but we don't know how they're going to look and we don't know how ready to battle they're going to be because they've never done it. And they actively seem to choose not to do it during the regular season. Um, But then not only did they bludgeon the Indians in the first round, uh, but they came back time and again in that second game, including with their backs against the wall and Brad hand on the mound in the ninth inning uh, of what could have sent it to a decisive game three. You'll never see more playoff battle than that from Urshela, from LeMahieu, even from Gary Sanchez. Uh, so I didn't think it was easy to flip a switch like that, uh, and I, in fact, thought it was probably not possible to flip a switch like that, but then the players who were responsible for flipping that switch just straight up did it. So uh, I am now at a loss. I have nothing else to say. This raised season series is getting reset entirely. You know, we're going to California. We're not going to a stadium these two teams have ever played in before. We're going in with Four full days of rest, um, like four days off in between play, um, which you can say, oh, my momentum, where did it go? But, like, <laughs> if you watch this team play game two, like, they needed they needed two days off. They If they had lost that game two, they were not winning game three the next day. They would have played 
horrible baseball the next day because they would have been socked in the mouth and, and borderline hungover. So I, I would say that that's not even a consideration at this point. They needed as much time off as they could have possibly gotten. Um, and you, you break down the 8-2 the Rays-Yankee season series and see that with runners in scoring position, which is a borderline, like, you know, it, it's a lucky metric. Every, that's the most important stat in the postseason. It's the most important stat in the postseason, and it can flip on a dime because if you've done yeah. poorly in a 10-game slate, it means nothing about what you do. It doesn't mean you're gripping the bat any tighter if you're bad. If you're hot in that 10-game spot, you know, you'd easily be cold. It's the streakiest stat, and it's the most important thing for the postseason. In 2020, on the whole, the Yankees hit 255 with a 373 OBP with runners in scoring position. Very good. That's, that's very normal and good. Um, in the 10-game series with the Rays, the Rays hit 253. The Yankees hit 117. So the Yankees hit 255, which is higher than what the Rays did in the 10 – like 255 overall, which is higher than what the Rays did against us. And that includes the 10 games against the Rays that dragged us down with a 117 mark. So all that has to happen for this to look different is for that to flip. Um, now, could we easily be in game one and the Yankees leave the bases loaded and the fans are going, here we go again? Sure. But it's not really a predictive stat, but it is the most important statistic. And all the Yankees need is like 15 to 20% more luck. And these games could easily have flipped around during the regular season and they could flip now. Absolutely. And the, the Rays are – I know, I know we're talking about, you know, wrecking like Brad Hand and stuff and Brad Hand's pretty good. But Brad Hand, like so f- – he he is not what the Rays bullpen embodies. The Rays bullpen is so much different and so much kind of more intimidating. Like Oliver Drake, what, remember that pitch he threw like last year or two years ago? Like when, you're never going to see that from another MLB player. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know what pitch they would call that, but whatever it did, you, you're not hitting that. Um, so that's you know that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm somewhat worried about the Rays and also like. They just come to – they're, they're you know, admittedly, they're a pretty badass team. As much as we hate them, they are. They come to play against the Yankees. They hate the Yankees. Blake Snell constantly shit-talking. He says that they party harder when they beat New York. Michael Brasso opened his mouth. Brandon Lau opened his mouth. Kevin Kiermeyer does not shut up when we play this team. He has 70 career home runs, and 12 of them have come against the Yankees. He destroys us in Yankee Stadium. Thank God we're not playing there. Um, but these guys like the, the, the underperform G man Choi has hit two home runs off Garrett Cole this year. They just, they, they bring the energy against us because they know the disparity in terms of, you know, who the Yankees are and who they are and they want to prove something. And the, the attitude aspect of it is, you know, is almost immeasurable. However, if we're really going to talk about, you know, what the whole situation is, they have not faced this iteration of the Yankees lineup. and. Um, I think they got one game against it and then Stanton decided to slide into second and that, that took him out for five weeks because that's normal. But um, they have not seen this. I look, I am not underestimating, underestimating the Rays whatsoever. I, I really am not, but Tyler glass now and Blake Snell have had, have had literally one, one good like MLB season. And let's, we're, we're not, this year is not considered a good MLB season because you got 11 starts out of a potential 32 to 34. Um, and they both were actually even Tyler glass. Now wasn't that good. 4.08 ERA and 11 starts. That's not great. He, he strikes out a shitload of batters, 91 and 57 and a third innings, but um, he's not blowing me away. I know he, he's turned into a Cy Young candidate when he faces the Yankees, but Blake Snell, also a guy 
He had that one Cy Young year, and then after that, he's had ERAs of 3.54, 4.04, and 4.29. And then this year was 3.24 across across 11. And we actually hit Blake Snell. So I think that if we have this lineup top to bottom and Boone is getting creative like he was during the Indians uh, series with moving guys around and making sure that we don't have too many guys – in a row that are slumping or just, you know, aren't, aren't getting the job done or aren't seeing pitches well or not generating walks. I think it's going to be trouble for them. And sure they can bring in as many guys from the bullpen as they want, but they're just as disadvantaged as everybody else. You can't, it doesn't matter who you are in these playoffs. You can't have your starters falter early in games one or two, because if you have to rely on the bullpen, you have five games in a row. It's you, you don't have these days off. Um, so as fearful as I am of the Rays bullpen, because, you know, Kevin Cash is right. He does have a stable of guys that throw 98. Uh, their apparel can shove it, though. Those hats and shirts were the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and they're celebrating a division title in a 60-game season. Um, all the more reason that we should want to stomp this team. Can't overlook them, though. There's a lot of factors that uh, are kind of intangible that go into this, performance-based and attitude-based. Um, but that being said, this lineup should be able to get it done. Um, their starting rotation really is not that great. They have guys, they have names. Let's not forget Tyler Glass now was like a near failed prospect before the Rays acquired him in that Chris Archer deal. So I'm not saying he's bad. And his one, and technically his one good season was last year. He only made 12 starts because he missed time with various injuries. He did dominate 1.78 ERA, struck out 76 batters in 60 and two-thirds innings. He had a .89 whip, which is incredible. But this, this guy's not like a perennial playoff dude. If we want to talk about perennial playoff dudes, let's talk about Garrett Cole. Okay, he faced the Rays twice last year in the playoffs, although they were both home games when he was a member of the Astros, which obviously does <clears throat> a lot for you in the postseason if you're pitching at home with a crowd behind you. Yes. He won both of the starts in games two and games five. The game five was the deciding do or die, go home, ALDS game five. He pitched 15 and two-thirds innings total. He struck out 25 batters. He allowed six hits, one earned run, and three walks. The only problem is, is that this year he's faced the Rays, and it has not gone well at all. Uh, his first outing, four and two-thirds innings, he did strike out 10 batters, but he gave up three runs and one home run. The start after that, he gave up four runs in five innings, two home runs, seven strikeouts. G-Man Choi hits two of those three home runs. So if we cannot have that happen, and Cole is comfortable, you know, I guess, pitching in Petco Park based on what his career stats say, um, I think that, that that flips the whole series on its head. I think the Yankees have to win tonight. That, that's what I think to set the tone um, because you're not going to want to get into it uh, with your backs against the wall against the Rays because then theoretically, you know, Kevin Cash could maybe do some crazy stuff in game two to, to really give the Rays the edge if Blake Snell. And that's how they – Blake Snell is this team's ace. The guy couldn't even pitch six innings against the eight-seed Blue Jays. Like, that, that, is that your ace? Like, that, that's the guy that you're relying on? to go out there and go deep into a game and, and shut the other lineup up. Like, I come on, it. five innings. He goes five and one third and they take him out with a runner on first. Okay. Well, good, good, good job preparing him for the team. That's exponentially, you know, on paper better than the blue Jays. I don't know. I, I think, I think we have to win tonight. I think we can't overlook this team, but I think we also have to look at the facts. The starting rotation really does not blow you away. The bullpen. Yes. Is very scary. 
but the lineup also is is not that great. And if the starting pitching for the Yankees continue, it's here's what it, here's what it is. And this is just this is just the facts. The offense is going to be the reason we win or lose this series. Garrett Cole can pitch eight shutout innings. It doesn't matter. We've seen the Yankees go in droughts. If they score zero or one runs, we're losing. We just don't win those games. Those are game we we win games when we put up between five and 10 runs. So that's what it's going to come down to. Yes, the starting rotation can't put us in a five-run hole in the first inning, but assuming Tanaka and Cole and, you know, whoever Boone's secret third starter is decides to, you know, not sink the entire ship in the first, you know, uh, one to three innings, we theoretically win this series. But I think that's the layout, how you have to look at it in terms of being realistic and in terms of understanding what the, the challenge is going to be come tonight. As someone who owns just a ton of way too specific sports shirts, I will say that the the horses in the stable of 98ers is the saddest, most confusing, like team rallying cry sports shirt I don't get it. ever seen in my life. And I'm just imagining a bunch of Tampa Bay people like at the bars, which are now fully reopened. Cool. Cool Tampa. <laughs> just being like, just leaning over to talk to girls being like, no, it's, do you, do you, do you watch the Rays? No, it's because... The manager said we have a lot of guys who throw hard, and he, he said they were horses. So it's it's a picture of horses. Um, so two lemon drops is that is cool? Like, just it's not it's not gonna work. You're you're if you if you are in Tampa and you bought the shirt that's just a, a picture of horses with no text, then you it's never gonna be explained to anyone. Even casual fans are like, okay, I, I don't understand. It's not a cool shirt. Uh, so, I mean, Blake Snell and Tyler Glass now are two guys with intimidating names and intimidating pitch profiles, and they're the kind of people that Major League Baseball scribes will write about to say, this is why we think the Rays are perfectly built for a 60-game season, because they have these electric arms. We are more familiar with these people than the world would like to let on. Like, we, we beat – Blake Snell pitched a third of an inning against us last year in a game we won. Uh, we used to beat Blake Snell at Yankee Stadium – with relative ease. I mean, it's unfortunate that we're not there. We'll never be there. But Snell's a guy who used to be 50-50 against us, basically. And the 50% of good starts were like six innings long. So there, there's nothing wrong with the Rays bullpen, but they have to go to the bullpen more often than not when Snell and Glasnow are in. The average Glasnow start against the – we beat Glasnow last year, too. He got hurt in the start against us. Yeah. It was his yep. first bad start of the year, sure. But, you know, these are people that we do have a track record of beating – these aren't people like when, when the Red Sox got Chris Sale, it was like, we haven't beaten Chris Sale in five or six years. Like, and inexplicably, we, we beat him a bunch of times that first season when he was in Boston, which was awesome. And some of those were like one nothing games. We never beat up Chris Sale. But the, the bottom line is when the Red Sox got Chris Sale, it was like, oh, shit, we never beat Chris Sale. Like, that's a power move. Hmm. That's, that's how you take the upper hand in the division. And that's legit a name you're scared of every time he shows up in the weekend pitching probables, at least when he was fully healthy and we knew what his future was like. Like, that guy used to kill us, and then Boston got him, and it was like, oh, no, another playoff team has a guy who kills us. Snell and Glass now are great pitchers, but they're also guys that we have about a 50% success rate off over the years. And even this year, when Glass has been good, he's left the game early. And, and the Rays are prepared for that for sure. I understand uh, it's a strong bullpen, but no bullpen – is as strong like four three or four innings of a bullpen is never as strong as just an ace starter taking the ball for eight in your face innings and glass now walks enough people and strikes out enough people that his pitch count is usually 
in the 80s once he's ending the fifth inning or so. So even if he's on his game, you can get him out after the sixth. We've done that to Snell plenty of times. And like you said, he was out in the middle of the sixth inning against the Blue Jays in the first round. Uh, Charlie Morton is the guy who scares me the most, honestly, Mm -hmm. who who gives you the most length consistently and can manage a game more efficiently than Snell or Glass now. And if one of his pitches isn't working, he knows how to go to plan B, C, D. I'm not sure what those first two guys, you know, have in their arsenal and in the playbook. Um, they, They brought the same rotation to play against the Astros last year. And the Astros battled them out and, and won those first two games uh, because they had the pitching advantage with Garrett Cole on the mound. And they were able to, you know, use Justin Verlander to the best of his ability and veteran themselves past the Rays. The Yankees are hoping they can veteran themselves past the Rays again and mix and match. And maybe if you use the bullpen for four innings in game one and game two with no off days, it's less fresh in three, four, five. And then we are both sort of at the same place. And if the Yankees can activate someone like James Paxton, you cross your fingers, uh, that depth advantage gets even you know, less stark for the Rays and it starts to even out a little bit. Um, I am you know, I'm not confident. I, I thought this team was going to lose to the Indians, and I wasn't kidding when I said that. I think there is a higher probability they beat the Rays in this series than I thought they would beat the Indians at the start of the last series. I ascribe that mostly to the fact that now I've seen this lineup and I've seen them win a blowout against the Cy Young favorite and battle like hell in the second game from down 4 nothing early and the rain and all the disadvantages that were thrown at them in Cleveland. Um, I'm not going to, you know, we're not taking the Rays lightly. We're not outright predicting a series nope. victory, but I have heard too much about how the Rays are uniquely built for a 60-game season just because that's a fun take for people to have. But what they really mean is they have a lot of good pitchers and they're good at baseball. Like, they're, what does that mean? Uniquely built for a 60-game season in what way? That, you know, what's different about a 60-game season than a 162-game season? That theoretically depth is less important in a 60-game season, and depth is what the Rays had. So that take means nothing to me. That, that seems like you're just saying the Rays are good at baseball or I want the Rays to win the AL East. Like, theoretically, the Rays are better built for a longer season because they have more pitching depth and they have the ability to fill holes with this sort of plug-and-play offense. I don't know what that means in a 60-game season. That take lost me from the jump. And so I've been – I hated the Rays this season before it even started because I was mad at the baseball world for blowing that smoke and telling me that the Rays were training for a 60-game season all their lives and then never justifying what that really meant and why they were better built for a sprint than a marathon. In reality, it kind of felt like the Yankees were built for a sprint um, because they had the star power um, and they could take the regular season off they didn't have to try that hard during the 60-game season to make it into the playoffs. And then once you made it into the playoffs, you know, your seeding doesn't matter as much because you're going to have to beat a certain number of teams anyway, and you're going to have to do it on the road in a bubble. Um, so I think the Yankees are specifically built for the shortened season. Um, and they've sort of taken the regular season and the first round of the playoffs and shown me exactly what their plan was. Uh, I do think they probably need to win game one to have a solid chance at this series. But I think all these games are going to be ultra competitive and it's going to take something like runners in scoring position flipping just slightly for the whole tenor of the series to change. Totally. Um, I, I have one more thing to say and it's not very positive. So I'm going to need you to, to end this on a positive note. Well, I will. Um, I am. I'm a little bit concerned about Aaron Judge. Um, I want this guy to hit balls to Los Angeles during the series. I want him to embarrass the Rays and send them home and – make them wish that they had never pitched to him. However, 
we're, there's a little bit of a problem. And I think that his home run in game one, which was monumental, we can't even speak to how monumental that home run was off Shane Bieber in game one of the wild card, card series that set the tone. That was, that was probably the reason we won that series. When you really boil it down, I know that they fought in game two, but if you don't win that game one and set the tone like that, it's, 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 it's going to, it would be a whirlwind for the Yankees. And we know what happens to them when they get in these precarious situations where their backs are against the wall. However, aside from that one home run, ever since the New York, New York incident at Fenway park, he's 11 for his last 50 postseason at bats with two homers, four RBIs, 16 strikeouts and 10 walks. He's had one extra, or I'm sorry, two extra base hits since that game in all of those at bats every other hit he said the two extra base hits were home runs he had one against uh uh the astros in game two of the alcs last year and he had one obviously against the indians and that has been it every other hit has been singles he's striking out at a crazy rate um i know the 10 walks are i guess something to be a little bit positive about but overall he's not playing well um and the way that he ended the season also is not anything to be excited about he uh he's he was eight for his ever since coming off the IL on September sixteenth eight for forty four one home run four RBIs and seventeen strikeouts. I have all the confidence in the world that this guy can turn it around, but we can't be looking at that home run against the Indians and just like and overlooking these issues because if Aaron Judge is 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 being like is, is not is being this uh, I guess detrimental you could say in terms of not being able to get on base at all um, or get timely hits at all, um, it's a problem. And I know it's crazy to say because the lineup is deep top to bottom, but he, he really is. He's such a catalyst in the two spot of this lineup that it changes everything. And he, he can't be eight for his last 44 to end the season or 11 for his last 50 postseason at bats with nine singles and two home runs. It's, it just can't happen. Something I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, like I said, confident that he's going to do everything he can to turn this around and get in the right mental state. But I think fans just need to be aware of the situation there. Yeah, if he's going to be the captain, his his playoff legacy cannot be playing a boombox and waking up the we need fake motivation to finish a hundred eight win season Red Sox, uh, and then struggling to you know hit hit for power for the remainder of his postseason career. Uh, that's not the name of the game. But I will end with positivity. Judge was the one who said this regular season was like spring training to us. The playoffs are all that matters. Uh, he set the tone in game one of the last series. There were only two games in that series. Thanks to Aaron judge. Um, throw the history books out the window this year. We're playing in empty stadiums. We're playing in neutral sites and judge. He, he got, he landed the first blow in the 2020 postseason. So his playoff resume isn't necessarily what I want it to be. It's like checkered with big hits. They're there, but they're not mm -hmm. as consistently there as you want them to be. Uh, he's certainly not a weak playoff performer, and he's certainly not an A-Rod icing on the cake of an 8 nothing loss playoff performer um, pre-09. But there, there, are, there are big hits, and they are scattered, and they're not quite as concentrated as you want them to be. Um, but I am very confident in him putting the regular season behind him and treating this playoffs unlike any other. Uh, and like Luke Voigt said, we bought Garrett Cole to pitch games like game one of the ALDS uh, against our division rival Tampa Bay Rays. And that is exactly what he will be doing. Uh, and he proved in the first round that he's worth every penny and he's going to prove uh, in the second round that this is what he is built for. That is it for this Monday preview edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. We'll be here all week 
uh, talking series. We will be here on Wednesday to wrap up the first two games. Uh, hopefully we like what we see. Uh, this is definitely going to be a barn burner, and I hope that it uh, fulfills all the excitement that we have in mind. Uh, until then, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. If you find our podcast somewhere else, please let us know. That would be sick. We don't know exactly where our podcast is. Uh, maybe it's on some weird third-party apps. Uh, maybe it's on Parlay, the Republican Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> that would be Just let us know if you see it. Uh, and drop us a five-star review. Um, until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes all night for the next five nights. If it gets that far, we will be running the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We're loving the interaction we're seeing there. We want more. We need all this energy going into this series because, you know, we love another ALCS birth, baby. Let's go Yankees. Let's go, Yankees. No better time than the present. Go take what's yours. See ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.